Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. I'm not sure uh, Kevin O'Sullivan and I uh, can do enough on the Thought Police to talk about what a bloody mess we are all in. Kevin, a very good uh, afternoon. Hello, you. Mike. Yeah. Um, it seems that uh, whenever we do this podcast and we sit down to think about what to talk about, there's no shortage of things to talk about, <laughs> but it always sort of comes back to the same thing, yeah. which is what a fucking complete and utter... You know, what clusterfuck is about all well, I can yeah, tell look, you. Yeah, look, I mean, what a mess. We've got Sage and the government now conceding that lockdown two might not be working. <laughs> oh, well, would that be for the same reason as lockdown one didn't fucking work? For Christ's sake. Well, they say well, lockdown one yeah, did work, though, yeah. because well, it flattened the curve, Yeah, didn't well, it? they didn't work. The point, the point of a lockdown, surely, is to stop the spread of the disease. Mm. It did not stop it, because look at us now. We've got the fucking it's Prime Minister. Back. We've got the fucking Prime Minister self-isolating in his fucking flat above number 11 Downing Street for no reason yeah. whatsoever. He hasn't got COVID. Right. But uh, the most important thing is he's fit as a butcher's dog. That's yeah, the good oh, news. Christ almighty. I if mean, he was a butcher's dog, I think somebody would put him down. He'd look very yeah, fit to me. Yeah, take a test, get out right? of your apartment, run the country like you should. By the way, it is quite an important sort of juncture yeah. in the history of this nation. Right. You know, what with that Brexit Get thing Brexit and, done and all that. Yeah, yeah, get Brexit done, but I'll be up in my flat. Yeah. I'll yeah, be, self he's like, sort of like Quasimodo. I yeah. mean, why, why does he need to self-isolate? If he's one already had it, right, so there's a pretty good chance that he won't become one mm. of six people in the entire fucking world <laughs> who have managed to get it more than once, right? <laughs> I mean, literally out of millions and millions Mind of you, people. he's Calamity Jane, that guy, so he probably would get it twice. Yeah, maybe. But if I mean, shit happens, it happens yeah. to Boris. But, you know, after the weekend that he had, with all the comings and goings and all the fucking stuff about Carrie running the country and all this, right, <sighs> you know, suddenly now he decides he's going to self-isolate. I mean, I I thought it was a prank when I saw it on Sunday night. I thought, this must be a spoof, right? Boris is now just taking the piss out of the rest of us. But, you know, it's extraordinary. Also, why is he having meetings with people when he's telling everybody else not to do it? I know. Uh, yeah, now they've all had to self-isolate. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could get back to having a proper government, a proper parliament. That would help. Yeah. Don't forget, we've still got the House of Commons. We've got about three people in yeah, it, yeah. socially distancing. Right. This is getting... Well, there seems to be more COVID in Westminster and Downing Street yeah. than there is in any other part of the country. Yeah. These are the guys that are supposed to know how to, how to yeah. fix it. Yeah. You know. but, but this thing with Boris Johnson, it is, it's getting beyond a joke now. As I just said, if shit happens, it happens to Boris yeah. Johnson. This guy is a shit magnet. It's, a, and, it's, and it's karma, isn't it? Yeah, and there's this, something uh, wrong with this guy. It's karma for uh, all the adulteries you know, committed over the You know, this nonsense of last week, you know, the, the comings and goings. Yeah, See yeah. what I did there? Uh, Dominic Cummings, Lee Kane, the term. Oil yeah, because last time 10. you and I spoke, we were talking a bit about Lee Kane because mm. you knew him a little bit, but not much, right? But he was still in the job. He suddenly yeah. went from being the next chief of staff to being out the door. Yeah. Which well, is pretty, uh, I, I would say, carries a pretty sharp operator if that's down to her. Yes. And by the way, can we just say, you know, the pr I, I was disgusted by the press, mm. the way they hailed this as a marvellous moment. The, the purge of the Brexiteers. Yeah, yeah. The vote leavers leave number 10. Right. What, what's wrong with them being Brexiteers and vote leavers? That's what the country voted right. for. Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings stood politically and philo philosophically for what this country yeah. wants. It is not a good thing they've gone. Well, no, I don't think it is. Although, it may not be a bad thing uh, that Lee Kane has gone, because if he was in charge of the communication strategy, <laughs> it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, and Cummings, the thing about Cummings is you never quite know what he's doing. You never quite know whether there's mm. some uh, sort of dark thing going on yeah. in the background, whether he's still working behind the scenes. Who knows yeah. if he's still 
quietly. I mean, Boris apparently, I'm told, does not like confrontation. Yeah. So if you're somebody like Dominic Cummings, who basically loves confrontation, you're never going to have a confrontation with him. So yeah. I, don't, I'm not, I don't buy that they had this row yeah. about uh, you know a set of text messages about Carrie. But I do buy that Boris is shit scared of Carrie and will basically do whatever she tells him because he's the sort of guy that would be shit scared of any woman. Yeah, well, he is a man of straw. He's, he's a reed in the wind. He's yeah. clearly scared of everyone he ever talks yeah, to. Yeah. Hence, Sage telling this, Neil Ferguson tells him this. He changes his mind all the time. Yeah. Uh, but to go back to the basic point, I felt happier when he was in the clutches of two solid Brexiteer right-of-centre guys, Dominic Cummings and Lee Kane. I felt much happier about that than now that uh, than I do now that he's in the clutches of tree-hugging Carrie, uh, lefty hack Allegra Stratton, Manura Merza. Who the hell is who she? Who is she? Yeah, I don't know. She's the third wheel. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing about Allegra Stratton. She's claiming now, right, that she voted for Brexit. I don't believe that in a million years. Because did you see Peston's uh, uh, tweet when yeah. when all the, the sort of shit was hitting the fan about the rows and the parties and all of this yeah. and how Carrie was the main, main reason for getting rid of them? And, you know, Peston puts out, oh, I have it on very good authority that none of this is true. Like, he's obviously getting fed by Allegra Stratton, who used to work on his programme. Yes. Um, the line out of Downing Street, which yeah. is not necessarily the real truth. Yeah. And I mean, so he's now become a de facto spokesman mm. for the press spokesman for the Prime Minister. Yeah. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, and the, the, was it The Observer uh, splashed on oh, I never sun, read that. Sunday uh, uh, that she'd been in floods of tears because Lee Kane hadn't been very nice to her. Well, I don't know, believe that either. Tough shit. Yeah, exactly. What, Allegra but Stratton he, or, but or Allegra Carrie? Stratton was crying. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, well, I but can I don't, that. I don't think that Carrie, Allegra Stratton and Munira, whoever the hell you are, uh, are going <laughs> to be a good influence. They're already not a good influence no. on him. Uh, we don't want these fucking green policies. Fuck off with your green <laughs> industrial revolution. Fuck off with your green negotiations with Joe Biden. Nobody wants it. That's not why anyone voted for you, Boris, you absolute fuck. Idiot. I know. Well, the great thing is we've got lots in common about climate change. Really? Well, you find me people who are actually normal people who actually work for a living uh, and don't sit about fucking, well, you know, typing on a, on a laptop yeah, at home yeah. in their underpants yeah. who actually give a stuff about yeah. climate change, right? Yeah, yeah. we are not in a climate change emergency. It's not an emergency. And trust me, uh, there are 67 million people in this country and 67 million of them right now have got far more important yeah. things to worry about than fucking climate change. Well, I'll change. tell you what, it's a fucking emergency if you want to a diesel Land Rover because you won't be able to get one <laughs> That's soon. The now's you the know, time. Now's the time to get one. But you won't be worthless, right? Because you won't be able to sell it to anyone. And so people now are effectively working towards collapsing the whole car industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? What is because the matter with Nobody Boris? could afford to buy a bloody electric car. Yeah. Nobody else is doing this. I mean, where, show me all the other countries where they're outlawing, yeah. you know, diesel and petrol-driven cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is, what What's is going Boris, on? What is the matter with Boris? Why does he think anyone gives a toss about his floating windmills? I know. I mean, it's just absurd. It really What's is. Absolutely ridiculous. So Mind he's you, in bad hands now. But he's bad also, hands. He also, you're absolutely right, because so far... Um, this month, he was meant to have been doing all right because suddenly there was a vaccine, right? And that was meant to be good news. He managed to fucking screw that up by announcing at the press conference to announce it that don't get too excited because we still have to continue to, you know, operate the same way as we have been operating and we must still do the hands, face, space, bollocks, whatever it is. You know. and, hands, you know, face, space, bollocks. <laughs> that's what it is. And they chant Might this as well say shite. that. They do, no they one's just, listening, no, Boris. No one's listening. absolute cobblers, right? But, um, but he's managed to fuck that up right now because the order in the original vaccine 
uh, can't be stored in this country because we haven't got any fridges that are cold enough. <laughs> now there's another vaccine which doesn't need such cold fridges, but apparently we don't have enough fridges. I thought we bought a load of fridges. Didn't we buy loads of fridges for the Brexit uh, debacle? Yeah, well, yeah, but the, prob the problem is, is if you're going to roll out... Uh, one or both of these vaccines, you need fridges in every GP's surgery. And uh, these GP's, of course, do not have fridges that can freeze things to minus 70 no, degrees. But even if it's the new one, right, yeah. which is the one that can uh, be frozen or, or be put in a sort of normal fridge. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many millions of, 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 of vaccines can you get into one fridge? Yeah, but can we just talk about these vaccines yeah. for a while? We've moved from COVID hysteria to vaccine hysteria. Yeah. Ever since this was announced last week, oh, Pfizer have developed a 90% effective vaccine. Brilliant! What does that even mean, then, by the way? Well, today, uh, Moderna have, dis uh, have developed a vaccine that's even better, 95% effective. Uh, oh, great, can we have it? Oh, it's not ready. No. It's not ready. No, it's not ready. It's not but, ready. But, so but don't, I thought don't listen to this. No, but we've bought five, we bought five yeah, million, When right? it's ready. Right. But one, it's not ready. Two, but, we haven't taken delivery of it. So why have we bought them? Well, but hey? yeah, yeah, and it's not tested. And by the way, the money. And um, what do they mean by ninety-five percent effective? Yeah, what does that mean? That, well, it, it seems that it could well mean it's ninety-five percent effective at preventing people getting the worst of COVID nineteen. So it will right. prevent you getting a very serious. So it won't stop you getting it. Probably won't stop you getting it at all. Right. And worse than that, may not prevent infection. So if these jabs do not prevent you from passing it on to someone else, there's no point in them. Right. Well, yeah, I would say that. But, I mean, for example, I don't know whether you get a flu jab. I never do. Mm. Um, partly because uh, I can't be bothered organising it, which is the main reason, <laughs> actually. But also... <laughs> I think I'll go for a drink yeah. instead. Yeah, I was going to get it done but I didn't get out of the pub in time. <laughs> That's me too. You know? So um, <laughs> I just can't be asked. Yeah, but, you know, me too. also, you know that every year there's a different strain of flu anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not particularly against, you know, having vaccinations. I mean, I remember everybody talks about this when you have to go somewhere. I remember going to India and I had to get cholera. And I was as sick as a dog yeah. for the whole afternoon because yeah. they actually gave me cholera. Yeah. So I don't really, when I've and I'm told people who get the flu injection now feel pretty shitty for you, you know best part do. of a, you of can a day. Do sometimes, yeah. You know, so there's no great incentive for me if I'm going to get it. And I've, I think in my life I've had flu, the proper flu, which really knocks you out, mm. maybe three times. Yeah. You know, which is once every twenty years. It's not worth the vaccine. It's is just it, not yeah. worth the trouble. So. I mean, in terms of COVID, by the time they've got a COVID vaccine ready for the likes of you and I, who are, you know, relatively healthy mm. and not old enough to be in a sort of high-risk category, um, it's going to be probably end of next year. Yeah. By yeah. which time, it probably won't even be here. Yeah. So, right? so, these, so what's the point? So these marvellous vaccines that have got the whole world celebrating. Yeah. We it's a real game we don't, changer. We don't know enough say, about them yet. It's I mean, I don't, I don't want to piss on the optimism surrounding them. I hope they work. Mm. But at the moment, we don't know whether they prevent infection. Uh, we don't know whether they completely stop you getting COVID-19. We don't know whether they stop the spread of the disease. And we don't know when they're going to be fucking ready. Apart from that, there's, there's not <laughs> much we know that, about hey. it. But, but, but on the <laughs> other hand, I suppose, the reason for them to be brought in is, is, is to try and get our lives back. And so if it works in that regard, then that's a good thing. Well, yeah, but, this but, is why, but this is why I find Boris's behaviour about hiding away so bizarre. Because the whole point of the whole testing system, the testing regime, is so that people can get back to work. Mm -hmm. He's using the fact that he's got a ping... So not fucking work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not going to Brussels to negotiate Brexit. He's not going to Parliament to do Prime Minister's questions. Oh. He's going to sit in his little hidey hole 
and nobody can talk to him. But, but also, let's examine why he's gone into self-isolation. He, he says, he I, I, I've Karen. got like a... <laughs> she's not allowed I mean, we've all been there. I'm self-isolating yeah. from that hero. I'm self-isolating in a hotel. Woman, <laughs> from that woman who's taken over number 10 Downing Street. The well, queen, to be the fair, queen of number 10. To be fair, she might do a better fucking job. Yeah, well, you she know. couldn't do worse. No. But look, let's examine why he's self-isolating. He said, I'm fit as a butcher's dog. Right. I haven't he got lied. COVID-19. Yeah. In fact, I'm swimming with antibodies. Bursting with it. Bursting with it? antibodies. Now, you have a vaccine in order to give yourself antibodies. Yeah. So, if he's full of antibodies and a vaccine makes you full of antibodies, why... So he's effectively What is vaccinated. the point of a vaccine? Right, so yeah. he is effectively vaccinated yeah, yeah. against he, COVID. He should not be self-isolating. It's pointless. Yeah, it really is ridiculous. It's pointless. But, I mean, the fact is, it wouldn't matter so much, but he made such a big deal of it, right? Because, actually... The guy hardly ever comes out anyway. I mean, he might as well have been self-isolated since he came out of fucking hospital. Because you hardly ever see him. You know, he goes from one week to the next, and the only time you ever see him is at Prime Minister's questions. Oh, he's a joke. He really is a joke. What did you make of Hancock the other way, other day, by the way? So I was going to ask you about this, because I actually... We're going to do Plank of the Week later on this afternoon. Yeah. And this week, I actually asked people to nominate somebody. Right. And almost everyone who tweeted me wants Matt Hancock, so I'm going to have to nominate him, right? Um, because he said to Julia Hartley Brewer, uh -huh. effectively, more or less, called Carl Hennigan a liar. Basically said, uh, you know, we, we uh, are working with our data and, and we don't believe that his data stands up to scrutiny or something like that. Yeah, fuck you, Matt. That's really? bollocks. That's really? absolute bollocks. And, and it, what, the only thing we can hope for in, in our hearts, hope against hope, is that... The fact that Dominic Cummings has gone will mean that Boris and his stupid cabinet will become less intransigent about the other body of scientific opinion. Mm. And that is that you don't need lockdowns. They do more harm than good and protect the vulnerable. The rest of us get back to normal. Uh, if they start to listen to that and they stop being so moronic like Matt Hancock was about Carl Hennigan, yeah. that's exactly what we have to get away right. from. Carl well, funnily enough, I mean, I'm told, and I've said this before, that Dominic Cummings was one of the chief kind of lockdown merchants. Well, he's obsessed with Because data. he's frightened as well. He's apparently scared shitless yeah. of getting COVID and well, dying. Well, you right? can tell that because he comes outside of his house with yeah. that I mean, he really, apparently he's really frightened of it. And, yeah. you know, to a point, and I, and I got this from a pretty good source, and apparently he was one of the main kind of cheerleaders for, for being in lockdown all the time. Well, yeah, yeah, because he's the one that got the, that got frightened by uh, Neil, by the bonking boffin Neil Ferguson's yeah, 500,000 right. death prediction. And spooked by his wife yeah, getting see, it as well. And the other thing is, before COVID ever came along... Uh, uh, nerdy Dominic Cummings' big obsession was to try to make government... Uh, revolve around science yeah. and data. Right. That's before COVID came yeah, along. Yeah. So he's been like a pig in shit mm. with this crisis. Right. This is the government So being... maybe it's not so bad that he's gone. Well, no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. That the point. good thing we can hope for is that the government will be less obsessed with listening to one form of mm. science, be less intransigent and to start listening to other forms of science and say we come, can come out of lockdown. But I do detect that among the Tory big backbenchers and certain ministers mm. uh, that there is a massive resistance among the Tories to let this lockdown go on, on beyond yeah. uh, December the 2nd. In fact, to ever let us go into lockdown again. I know. They're but not course, working. But of course, they're now saying, but it might not be working. And so let's do it some more for longer and worse. Yeah, well, well, well the, there's this moronic thing where they, 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 they 
uh, like to say, well, this lockdown's not working. It's the rule breakers. It's their fault. No, it's not. No, it's not. In the first lockdown for three and a half months or whatever it was, mm. long months, uh, you could see that the vast majority of people in this country obeyed the rules. They did. You did. Yeah. I did. Everybody did because we didn't know what we were dealing with right. and we thought we'd better and go along with it. And you didn't know how bad it, it was going to get. Uh, uh, so that was a lockdown that was obeyed mm. by, mil by the vast majority of the public. Guess what? It didn't work. Yeah. So, so it's not rule breakers that are ruining the lockdown. It's the concept of the lockdown. It's believing that lockdowns work. They don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also lifting them. Um, isn't a problem because we saw in July when you and I did that show at the pub yeah. when we opened the, pu the pubs up for We've July got to do course. another one, by the way. Well, I mean, we are planning it, yeah. I think, but we're not quite sure yet whether it's the second or the third or maybe we'll do it on the Saturday, yeah. uh, which will be the fifth, yeah, well, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so keep listening Please do. It means I have to do less work for my show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, so the bottom line for me is, is that if it was so dangerous letting people mingle with one another, then why wasn't there a massive fucking spike in July yeah. and, and September, which there wasn't. Yeah. There was when everybody went back to school because that was a different situation. Yeah. Because what you're doing is sending a load of kids mm. into a room together yeah. to mix with one another um, in a very close community. Yeah. Whereas in pubs and in restaurants, that's not what's going on. Up in Scotland, right? You can now go to a restaurant as long as it's not after 6 p.m. and you can have a, a meal, but you can't have any alcohol because obviously that's inc incredibly dangerous, right? Now, <laughs> now. You might get drunk. Yeah, now. <laughs> Now they're going to shut the fucking restaurants because they say they haven't been able to get rid of the, the, the COVID. Well, what a load of absolute and utter bollocks. So the people that have managed to cling on to make a little bit of money by selling some food are now going to have to move into a takeaway place uh, and that's the only thing they can now do. It's ludicrous. I'll tell you, I, w I, went, I went down, there's a good little sushi place near where I live and I went down to get a takeaway last night. Oh, yeah. And there's like the owner and his wife and a couple of the waitresses just sitting there and the only thing they can do is... Uh, takeaway, yeah. you know, so I'd phone him up and you have to stand at a table at the entrance of the right. restaurant. And the, the owner guy came up to him and, you know, he said, how are you doing? I said, fine. I said, how are you doing? And, you know, he had tears in his I eyes. He said, I know. I, he said, I don't it's know. shocking. I'm, he said, I don't know how much longer we can survive. Yeah. And this is a really successful yeah. place. We can't go on doing this. No. I, I just, honestly, I think that the point about governments is the civil servants and the politicians, most of them, they're just died in the wall, public sector workers, and they don't understand the private sector. No, they don't uh, get and it. And they're killing it. And they they're get paid. It. And they get paid, guess what? No matter what they do. You know, none of them have been furloughed. None of them have been told, oh, yeah. see how you get by on 80% of your money. Yeah. See how you get by without actually having any money at all. Yeah. See how you get by without having a job of any kind. But that's another thing that, that, that we can hope changes now that Dominic and Lee have gone and there's a new changing of the guard at number 10, that they'll start listening to business as well. They'll start listening to business leaders, to small business owners, uh, and uh, change the way they're approaching this. They cannot keep smashing down the economy. It, we cannot go on like this. We're, otherwise, we are going to become a feudal country. Mm. Well, all we'll have is a public sector. There'll be no private sector, and then the public sector will also die because there'll be no money to actually... You know what I got through the post the other day? I got some bullshit letter from something called the, I don't know, some data organisation connected up to, um, to the government, mm. saying that since 2018, uh, you have to now pay a fee if you've got a company um, in order to protect your data, in order to uh, somehow register with the Data Protection Act, or some bullshit. Anyway, I don't, I've never seen it before. Right? Yeah. But they're basically threatening you with a £10,000 fine if you don't pay for the outstanding number of years. And then it said, 
Uh, we haven't put this to you before because of the pandemic. <laughs> oh, thanks very much indeed. Yeah. So apparently I now owe these wankers two years at 60 quid a year. Now, you know, it's not an incredible amount of money, but still, it's more money that you have to give them, like you have to pay to be registered at company's house, like you have to pay taxes. I mean, there's no end well, to the ways that they squeeze the private sector. Well, the Inland Revenue, or HMRC, as they call themselves yeah. now, uh, I mean, what about the way they've backdated the way they tax individuals? Yeah. Uh, and they're saying, oh, well, we changed the rules, so you owe us money... Uh, yeah, from three from, years ago. From three years ago, even though these rules didn't exist yeah. then. It's absolutely How shocking. How fair is that? It's completely and utterly shocking. I mean, we always get told by these socialists, oh, you know, uh, there's much higher levels of tax in Europe. Mm. Yeah, but there must be some compensation for that. Mm. Now, you know, um, don't tell me that you get taxed 45% of your income in Germany and you don't get some benefit from that, because you must do. Otherwise, why would people pay it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and we get paid. A, we get taxed a hell of a lot in this country. VAT, bloody, you know, income tax. You know, now if you run a company, you get taxed on your dividends. You get taxed on your profit. You know, it, it doesn't stop. It just never ends. Uh, no, exactly. Anyway, we have. Uh, we're told. Uh, is it today? The Sun is telling us there'll be a Brexit deal within seven days. Really? Uh, what do you reckon? Do you think it'll be a compromise deal? I fear it might be. Well, I think it might be, because I think in the end um, that's what everyone would prefer to get, mm. because I think in the end everybody would prefer to do it in a kind of as, as nice a way as possible. And no doubt, despite whatever um, we know Boris is like, he's not going to want confrontation, yeah. particularly if he has to do it himself, right? It depends what they compromise on. Mm. They better not compromise on fishing. No, I bet, I bet they, they, they don't compromise on fishing. But the trouble is, of course, they will probably... My bet would be this, that they'll, they'll enter some kind of bullshit fucking um, transition period. Yeah, to say this you has know, got to be worked this out. This will have to be worked out in yeah, the future. Yeah. I bet you any money that's where it is. Yeah, yeah because, we've, done, we've done a deal, but we haven't. Which isn't necessarily <laughs> a bad thing, actually. No, it's not. But they've sold it in such a way that it will look like a bad thing. So, because anything less than what, you know, very, very tough Brexiteers want yeah. is going to look like failure. Yeah. And knowing this government as we do, it's almost bound to be a failure. But, yeah. it might, but it might not actually be a failure. It might just look like one. That's my view. Yeah, I saw Peter Bone, uh, that ardent Brexiteer, yeah. on the TV last night, and even he was being very conciliatory about yeah. it, just saying, well, in the end, you do have to make compromises. Uh, uh, let's hope that... Uh, I mean, a lot of people that voted for Brexit would like to see us just not even talking to them and just walking away and sticking two fingers up, which is all very well, but in real politics, you can't really do it like that, can you? Well, because you've got to basically get some kind of framework which everybody kind of wants to go along with. I agree with that. I, I, but I just hope that if they if they go over the top with their demands, that is Brussels and Europe, yeah. uh, that we do have the courage to walk away. But Boris, everything in Boris's character says to me he does not have the courage yeah. to walk away. He doesn't have the courage to eat his own breakfast, as far as I can work out. I mean, this guy, I mean, what, does he make any decisions himself? Well, I just, he, he's now acting like a sort of overgrown schoolboy. Yeah, I know. You know, I don't really know what happened, and I don't know that maybe he's any, any different from the way that he always was, but it, it, it struck me the other day, and I said this, I think, on the radio, that, you know, it was kind of charming when he was Mayor of London doing his little stunts and hanging from yeah, wires and all of that. But actually, baby's job, that's a baby's it? job, isn't it, yeah. as we've seen from this baby that's currently doing it, Sadiq Khan. <laughs> You know, he rattles his rattle of himself yeah, and stamps his job, foot. Yeah. But now suddenly he's Prime Minister. And I really, you know, when he says things like, we've got two great big boxing gloves to box the... You know, go, just shut up. Yes. Just stop with your stupid kind of boarding school fucking, yeah. you know... I'm as vicious as a butcher's dog. Yeah. 
Which you're really not, by the way. Yeah, he looks, he looks, looks like, like he's shite. He looks he? like he's about to fucking God, drop dead. It really uh, was. Uh, was it you? Someone pointed out this is the, this is the uh, this is the only guy I've ever seen who can look fat and cadaverous yes. at the same time. I know it's bizarre. He's isn't got it? sunken what hollow do you make cheeks. Of, uh, what do you make of the people who think that we're going too far? and going over the top and being too personal and being too horrible about Boris Johnson. I mean, these are these kind of dyed-in-the-wool Boris supporters who think that nobody should be able to criticise him, that you shouldn't be able to be so horrible to him if you're supposed well, to be on his side. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, that's not the way it works either. Yeah, well, as James Dellingpole said to me the other day, uh, he said, look, Boris Johnson's an old friend of mine. We went to university together. Uh -huh. He said, I've known him 30 years. He's a friend. Yeah, uh, he said, but uh, I reserve the right to piss all over him at the moment because I draw the line mm. uh, when he starts to ruin my country. Yeah. Uh, so fuck anyone who says that we can't be personal about Boris. He is the man right now who is presiding over an administration that I think is destroying our country. Mm. So I, like James Dellingpole, and I think yourself, I reserve the right to piss all over uh, Boris Johnson from the greatest of yeah, heights. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wish I didn't uh, need to do that yeah, because, do. Uh, unfortunately, do. if you just allow him to do what he's doing without even criticising him or being in any way critical of the policy, yeah. then what's what's next? You know, yeah. because it's going to roll over you. What? And before you know what's going on, uh, not only will you not be able to drive a, a petrol or a diesel car, mm. you won't be able to have a car yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't droning on about all this green horseshit mm. right now, then I'd be giving him a lot more leeway. Uh, but as I say, let's try and be optimistic. I'm not happy about him being in the clutches of Carrie Allegra mm. and Munira, mm. uh, the softer, greener government. Sounds than, like the witches of Eastwick. They're, they're, they're promising a softer, greener government. I don't want a softer, greener no. government. No. I want a harder, less green government. Yes, exactly uh, right. And that's what I think most people have voted for. A great from. big fire in the corner. But, but let's hope that the new sphere of influence guiding this man of straw, who's our Prime Minister, uh, will allow him or make him less intransigent about the science and less intransigent about everything, to start listening to other points of view uh, and uh, to go our, in our direction and not in the wrong direction. Well, I mean, if that turns out to be the case, then it will all have worked out well in the end. And a lot of people do say, you know, do not underestimate uh, the survivability factor that Boris Johnson has. Yes. There is that. I mean, yes. he does seem to keep bouncing through these various setbacks. Mm, he yeah. does seem to keep, you know, coming out of them. But that's, again, partly down to the fact that he's got such a big majority and he can afford to lose 38 MPs who vote against the lockdown because he's got such a massive majority. But I'll tell you what, if there's another vote for another lockdown, yeah. I think he loses it. Well, well yeah, I think so. Well, they, you can apparently right now count mm. 70 MPs, right. 70 Tories, right. who will vote against right. another lockdown. Now, if there's 70... You know, you're not far away from 80. There'll be a few Labour's. Uh, there'll be a few other people vote against it. He'll lose the next vote. Mind you, you never get the Lib Dems to vote against the lockdown because they love a lockdown. Yeah, the Lib Dems, they, don't yeah. they? Old Ed Davey. What is the point of Ed Davey, by God, the way? God, he's the most ridiculous person. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Uh, did I see him getting on a plane or something the other day? I can't remember. I saw him somewhere and it was like, what are you even doing? Surely the plane was flapping its what wings. What are you even <laughs> doing? Well, I said, you know, the rule of six is great news to the Lib Dems because yeah. they can still have their political meetings yeah. without having to have too many people there. Yeah. I'm so, but I'm afraid that Sir Ed... Uh, used to be Mr. Ed, yeah. now he's uh, Ed. Like a talking horse. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that he'll never recover from uh, fasting for Ramadan. No. You're not a Muslim. No. And then when he stopped fasting for Ramadan, he said, oh, that Ramadan's over, I think I'll have a bacon sandwich. <laughs>
No, Ed, no. Right. Ed, that's not a great no. look. You know, you've just ruined it now, you idiots. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy who once appeared on Julie Hartley Brewer's show and accused her, actually barefaced accused her of being in the pay of the government. She made him retract it. She said, you can't say that. I'm absolutely not in the pay of the government. It's a ludicrous thing to say. Uh, no, I mean, he's ridiculous. His party's ridiculous. There are 12, I think. Uh, 11, is it? 11 uh, Lib Dem MPs begging the question, why are there 89 Lib Dem Lords peers? Well, well, that's a very good uh, question. Do you know there was a story last week? Uh, but do you know, I, let me, I, be, what, what, be, do you know how much those go? people have spent, that those Lords have spent on booze in the last oh, five loads, years? Oh, right, millions. Two million quid. Yeah, Two million quid on well, subsidised Do you drink. know what's interesting? Because you and I both know that very few people in this country pay much attention to the House of Lords. And we knew uh, when they got the uh, the markets bill, you know, the single markets bill in, um, that it would be voted down by the mm. House of Lords and mm. sent back to the Commons. But I was listening to that dreadful Irish um, commissioner, who's the commissioner in Europe, in Brussels, for, um, I think it's financial services, Myrid, somebody or other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's on sort of TV and radio quite a bit. And she actually was using the fact that the House of Lords rejected the bill, the internal markets bill, as if that meant there was something wrong with the bill. So what they do is they look at the House of Lords and see it as some kind of, you know, really important legislative fucking chamber, when in fact it's just full of remainders. Yeah. yeah. So she makes out, well, clearly the House of Lords doesn't like it. They've rejected it. It must yeah. be rubbish. Yeah. And you go, well, hang on a minute. That's actually not the way it is. I mean, basically, there's over 800 of them. It's the second biggest legislative uh, body in the entire yeah. world after the Chinese There's parliament. fewer people in the Indian parliament, yeah, yeah. right, which represents, yeah. you know, what, a billion people? The only, the only legislative body in the entire world that is bigger than the British House of Lords is the Chinese Red Assembly, yeah. uh, which has got about 2,000 right. Chinese people in it. Uh, it's quite a big country, but, to be but, fair. but the point is, we've got to stop this with the House of Lords. We've got to stop these prime ministers and these uh, cabinet ministers mm. being able and party leaders being able to appoint their mates mm. every year yeah. more and more and without, more without of any of them going yeah, out yeah yeah and, and it's though, actually you know, worse now than it was when it was hereditary I mean, it's peers. quite clear what they all do when they go there they just go on the piss yeah, yeah. they spend two million quid on booze yeah absolutely what's the point of it i know um but and all they do is vote down anything to do with brexit yeah, yeah. just vote it down yeah and but you know the also the house of lords of course being the ultimate uh, sort of epicenter of the establishment proves that if you want the establishment of this country now, look at the Guardian, the people who work on the Guardian, the people who work at the mm. BBC, uh, the lefties All the in, civil the, servants. in the House of Lords. The establishment of this country is now left-wing, yeah. Remainer central. Jolien Moron. Yeah, yeah. People like you and me are no longer... We're not the establishment. Well, we never really we're were. The, we're the, but, I mean, the, the old-fashioned establishment was at least a bit right-wing, mm. you know? It was a bit yeah. traditional, whereas all of those traditions have now gone, you know... The, the likes of Jolien Moron, who is, is, is so wealthy, by the way, even though he pretends he's not, mm. that he actually can involve a building company coming to his house who are going to charge him a million and a half quid to do something. Right? Have you seen this story where he's having no. a row with them because he's refusing to pay them half a million? He's only, he's only settled with them for 900,000, and they're now suing him for the rest. Now, this is a bloke who says, oh, I only do good works for my uh, law, law firm, you know, the Good Law Project. You know, I only do Human things rights. in the public interest, Human you know. Rights well, how the lawyer. fuck can you afford to spend a million and a half yeah. quid on yeah. doing up your gaff yeah. in the countryside? I'll tell you, I've worked out, every time I go to a dinner party or a party and I'm talking to someone, I've just been introduced, yeah. and I say, what do you do uh, for a living? And they go, human rights lawyer. I'm going to go, fuck off, man, <laughs> and just walk away. <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking Brilliant. hate human rights lawyers. I know, fucking tremendous. <laughs> I was talking to Simon Calder today, I don't know if you heard, and he had uh, he, he was talking about this first flight coming in from United Airlines mm. in New York because they've now worked out a way where you can do a sort of corridor, travel corridor, yeah, yeah. get a test done at the airport, yeah. get on the plane. Yeah. They had to take somebody off um, because uh, he tested he tested positive, right? Yeah. I said, you sure it wasn't some human rights lawyer who was just dragging him off the plane? So <laughs> you can't get rid of this one. You know, he's got rights, you know. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what happens on every flight you get on now. Yeah. There's some fucking human rights lawyer pops up and goes, yeah, come on, mate, you're coming with me. <laughs> you know, you're not being sent back. It's a Unbelievable. Joke. That seems like a, an apposite time to call, to call this to a halt. Uh, we keep being asked to do more, but it's really difficult at the moment, particularly with the bleeding lockdown. There's nowhere where we can record it properly. No. Um, and uh, we will try we'll at give some it a go point in or other. Times, in happier it? times, we will try and do two a week. But as of now, I'm afraid uh, it's just the one. Uh, we are the Thought Police. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>